I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Austin Healy and this is Rugby Tonight Podcast. This week I'm joined by Lawrence Delalio. Ho, ho, ho! For our final pod of the year. Boo, hooray. We'll be looking ahead to the return of the Aviva Premiership this weekend as well as casting our predictions for who will win what in 2018. A good year for rugby ahead as the all edge towards the World Cup in Japan. And this week we are joined by Ellis Genge. The Leicester and England star will be in the studio with us and we'll hear from him later on. But first of all, let's have a quick roundup of this week's headlines. So, lol, big news this week. Uh, I've finished my Christmas shopping. Have you? Have you got everything? You're going to need your microphone down, otherwise it's not going to work. There you go. Yeah, I have finished my Christmas shopping, actually. What did you get me? Um, I've got you a trip to uh, York. <laughs> one way. <laughs> a one way. It's normally Coventry. A one way. No, no, I won't need to go further than that for you this year. You've been particularly bad boy. So yeah. I'm going to go all the way to York and I'm going to buy you lunch. That's what I'm going to do. Santa's coming to our house this year, um, hopefully. A uh, bit of transfer news as well. Richard Hibbard, he's heading back to Wales. He joins the Dragons. Uh, he'll be joining Ross Moriarty. The Dragons are building up an impressive team under Bernard Jackman. He was good as Wolverine as well, wasn't he, Bernard Jackman? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a blow for Gloucester uh, as they're starting to look like quite a serious team again. But, uh, you know, the, the, the ruling is such that they want to bring some of their best players back um, and they can understand why the Dragons are doing that. And they're funded by the WRU now, aren't they? Yeah, but neither of those guys, Hibbard or Moriarty, are on dual contracts. Suppose Moriarty's not on a dual contract. Yeah. And, uh, you and know, Hibbard, actually. Hibbard's probably one of the best hookers in the league this year. We haven't seen anything of Moriarty. Interestingly, um, it's probably one of the headlines that people haven't really noticed, but nearly half the British and Irish Lions squad are all injured, all sidelined at the moment. You've had a lot of time on your hands. I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must have done everything online, did well, you? No, well, no, I, I noticed uh, Elliot Daly getting injured today and, and obviously going to see a, uh, a knee specialist for a scan. Um, and I was just sort of looking through all the players who were played in the British and Irish Lions tour and as I said 19 of them are sidelined at the moment which is a huge number and uh, and it could go up if Manu Tuolangi is allowed to play a little bit longer but <laughs> I mean that was ridiculous wasn't it it's been thrown out as sighting have you ever seen anything as stupid that is that a classic case of a sighting officer getting paid to be there so yeah. he's got to do something to justify his wage yeah it, it is and I think uh, Brian O'Driscoll coming out and saying uh, what? You know, who plays in that oh, sorry, not, not, that not coming out no but who coming out and saying that the game has gone soft, plays in that position, I think uh, it's been dropped. The game has gone mad. And, uh, yeah, I mean, th- interestingly, though, when a player 
you know, does something that raises the attention of the sighting officer. It's the reaction of the player that's been hit or yeah. you know, tackled. I mean, Chris Colucci didn't do him any favours by, uh, you know, his reaction to it, saying that his head really hurt or something like that. I think players should just... It stung a little bit. Yeah, get on with it. But thankfully... Sanity has prevailed. And, what about uh, what about getting close to the Six Nations as well? And you get, you know, I think there would have been three Welsh guys on that um, uh, on that panel. Yeah. And you know, if you're an England player that gets cited there, vested interest mainly. You know, if Owen Farrell gets cited, yeah. And then you've got three guys, all Welsh, before the first game against Wales. I know it's not against Wales, but hypothetically. Um, it doesn't seem fair to me, that. No, it doesn't. And I think there has to be, uh, you know, independence uh, across the board. Uh, and, if, you know, you have to be seen to have a fair hearing. Didn't I read somewhere that Leon Lloyd was actually on one yeah, of the... Yeah, I, uh, I saw that as well. That's well, like giving a pheasant a gun. <laughs> well, it, well, Manny Tulangi has got has been cleared, so I think... <laughs> so Leon Lloyd, I think, is on the Healy, Healy uh, sighting. And that'd be a, a title, wouldn't it? Leon Lloyd. <laughs> Puts Healy in prison. Well, he finished my career. I'm running the wrong line into my well, snapping my leg. It'd be, it'd be a long list of people that would want to put you in prison then. Yeah. It'd be a long list of people waiting, been, waiting, waiting for I've, you when you get there. I've Austin. been. It's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's actually quite nice. Depends which one you get. I mean, Wormwood was a bit... Oof, yeah. But anyway, the open one, I much prefer. Exactly. Put um, put Manu Tualangi, though, he was okay, wasn't he? A bit rusty, but yeah, they no, he, need him, aren't they, Leicester? Yes, I think... He, I mean, the good news for him is that he'll be free to play against Saracens and free to play against... Extra because that is a big, big Christmas uh, fixture list for the you know for, for the Tigers and yeah. and uh, you know looking at their position at the table they're in sixth they're, they're two games that they they probably need to you know get something out of so no really pleased for him yeah, big, and big Christmas period for Leicester coming up interestingly with a piece I saw in news was uh, President Ken Barwell of Northampton has confirmed they're interested in Warren Gatland and he's rumoured to be keen on Saints along with uh, Eddie Jones and Professor X from X-Men. Well, so if, if they're all in, going for that job. If they're interested in Warren Gatland, they need to do a couple more bank jobs really because uh, yeah. Warren Gatland is one of those guys that's on an enormous contract with the WRU. He's already come out publicly and said actually his next contract will be in Super Rugby because he wants to get that All Blacks job at some point or yeah. uh, will certainly be in line for it. So, to have his head turned, he's going to need a huge, huge number put in front of him. Yeah, uh, and he only does 12 days a year with Wales. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like he's going to... You do that in two weeks at Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised. I mean, I think what they're trying to do, you know, Barwell and, and Saints is, is sort of set the ambition high. But given that they don't necessarily spend huge amounts of money on player wages, I'd be very surprised if they did that but, you know, they got someone yeah, like Gatlin. It's not going to... Gatlin's not going to go to Northampton, is he? It's not like it's a step up in your... Uh, managerial uh, process. Yeah, what, what where, is, where, where, who do you see going there? Who well, would you I put think, money on? I think there's two there's two schools of thought. I think Mike Ford will probably end up getting the job on an interim basis for the end yeah. of the season. Um, and it, it'll be fascinating to see whether he keeps the coaches that are currently there, Dorian West and Alan Dickens, in role. Um, and then longer term, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a huge job for someone. Um, I think they need to get some younger coaches up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted, to, I'd love, I'd love to have seen someone like Alex Sanderson there, but uh, you know, to step up now. Yeah. But he's just signed a four-year contract with Saracen, so you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but it'd be great to see someone who's done brilliantly in a sort of assistant coach role, yeah, move, agree, move, yeah. moving up, or even someone completely new. I keep saying Will Greenwood; he's been coaching Maidenhead for a number of months, and they're they're, they're still playing games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think somebody completely new would be really good for Northampton, like a, a bit of fresh blood up there, yeah. fresh lease of life. Um, 
Other Premiership news, director of rugby, Stuart Lancaster, is apparently on Worcester's shortlist mm. uh, to take over from Gary Gold at the end of the season. Jim Mallander is not, apparently. Yeah, he thoughts, probably... Lawrence. It's well, thoughts, thoughts there. Well, I'll try and give you a couple of thoughts. So that Jim Mallander's probably just going to keep his uh, keep his head below the parapet and... Uh, Gardening leave. Uh, yeah, and spend some of that money that Northampton have paid him. Um, and uh, Stuart Lancaster, yeah, I mean... He's he's revived his career, isn't he? At Leinster, he's doing a fantastic job. You know, they are a top quality team, as we've seen from this week's Champions Cup. I'd be surprised if he gets back into the job. I think what you'd want, and I'm sure you'd want this as well, if you were interviewing, is you'd want some assurances from Worcester as to what you're going to get, not just in terms of your pay packet, but actually, you know, what's the future of the club? It's up for sale. You know, what's the ambition of the club? Am I going to have money to spend? All of those things. So um, th there'll be a lot of people... Uh, you know, asking those questions and massive, we'll talk about it later, I know, but a huge game for Worcester playing London Irish this weekend in the Premiership. Uh, I think if they can win that, that'll go a long way towards possibly opening the door for more yeah. candidates to come through. Because if they look like they're staying up, suddenly more people will become interested yeah, in that they job. they've got some good players, Worcester, as well. Mm. I always thought they had too good a squad to go down and it's hard to win on that pitch. If they win by five points, then they go up to 11-point gap. I think that's that's too big, isn't you, it? Yeah, it is. And that's why I said that's why it's such a huge game for them. And, uh, you know, I, I, from what I've seen, if you could beat Leicester, then you can beat any team in the league. So, uh, you know, if they can find whatever they put in the bottle that day, um, you know, there's no reason why they haven't got what it takes to, to stay up. Yeah. I was just looking at that Worcester news and the Scottish Rugby Union are meant to be interested in investing in the club. It'd be an interesting call, wouldn't it? You could understand why they would want I to do that. I think it'd be good. I think Scotland should have a team in the Premiership. Yeah. And maybe even Wales. Yeah. And then we can they can stop all the whinging about maybe the Premiership being the best league and their league not being overly competitive. Well, it doesn't I, seem to affect them so much in Europe. No. And I, I remember when WASP were having financial difficulties, um, the New Zealand Rugby Union were having a little sniff at buying WASPs and investing in the club because obviously it's an opportunity for them to send coaches over, send some of their players over, learn, spy, do whatever you want, and then take them back again. So it doesn't come as a surprise that the Scotland Rugby Union might sort of see it investing in a club as setting up some sort of academy down here in England. And uh, Yeah. I've yeah. heard that Papua New Guinea are interested yeah. as well in Worcester, so we'll never know. We'll just, we'll just keep our uh, ears to the ground on that. I did mention earlier, obviously, Christmas shopping, and it's a difficult time for professional rugby players. People forget... They often end up training on Christmas Eve, tra playing on Boxing Day, travelling on Christmas Day. You know, I think Leicester are, are, where are all over the place. I think they're down in Exeter on Christmas Eve or somewhere. No, they, yeah, they've got Saracens uh, Christmas Eve and then um, and then on New Year's Eve they play uh, Exeter. Yeah. So it's a tough, tough fixture. This yeah, year. it's a nice little uh, seven days. How did you used to I mean, I had a very special um, methodology for Christmas. Punch someone mid-December, you get a three-week ban, get back in the gym, get fit, ready for the Six Nations and Europe. Yeah, I think we were... Um I mean, Wasp, the fixture list for some reason was quite kind to us. I mean, we had some, we had occasionally we had a game on Boxing Day, but invariably, you know, the uh, they would almost save those for the local derbies, and we would we would end up playing sort of either side of that. So, uh, yeah, it's, you just get on with it, don't you? You, you get whatever's served up. And uh, remember the Boxing Day game? Do you ever play for the Bar Bars against Leicester? Uh, I played it for the uh, I played in the Mobs Memorial, which was the uh, the other game against Northampton. I was yeah uh, never. Uh, I played Leicester enough. I didn't need to put my hand up to play them again. Yeah. Well, it's going to be... Oh, we're coming to the end of 2017. Good year for you, personally. Obviously, put a bit of weight on and stuff, but 
that aside, you know. Yeah, the bank balance looking pretty healthy. I, mean, <laughs> I wasn't talking about your wallet. I was talking about your gut. <laughs> I think uh, no. I mean, I'm uh, I'm sort of ticking on the uh, ticking over about. What... A, most people think 2017 has been a bit of a bad year, don't they? It's, yeah. You know, all the chat about Brexit and Donald Trump and all that sort of stuff. Uh, 2018, though, on a rugby sense, who's uh, who's going to take everything away? Well, I mean, internationally, it's 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 going to be one of the best Six Nations we've ever had because suddenly. You know, the Celtic nations have woken up a little bit. Ireland are a superb team and Scotland are, are, are looking very dangerous, particularly at home. So I'm looking forward to, to that competition um, and seeing how that unfolds. And obviously, we're getting ever closer to the Rugby World Cup. So it's going to be fascinating to see who emerges, which players really emerge this year. Um, and, uh, and can anyone beat England? Because at the moment, you know, in the last two years, only Ireland have managed to do that. Um, from a club point of view... Um, I don't know. I mean, there's been some fantastic games across the Aviva Premiership. Exeter Chiefs are trailblazing, doing a lot better than I thought they would uh, as and champions running, running of England. Running out of steam after their well, two Leinster performances, maybe? No, I think they've still just still got a long way to go in Europe. I think Rob Baxter was, you know, admitted as much. You know, he's, they've only played in European top-class rugby for a few years, and yeah. it showed against Leinster. They played against a, uh, a seasoned sort of uh, veteran of European rugby, and I just felt in that away game, Exeter were a bit gung-ho, you know, they were yeah. kicking for the corner. You know, you're not in the premiership now, but you're playing, the, you, you know, twice European champions, three times European champions. You, but that's the way they back themselves. Maybe, like you say, they haven't adapted their game to play in Europe in those tight games. We saw it from a few other teams as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's um, it's going to be a fascinating battle. Go on then, put, put your neck on the block. Who's going to win the Aviva Premiership this year? Calling it now. Tell me what the final's going to be. I think the final will be um, Exeter. I think we'll be in the final again. I don't think they're running out of steam. I think they've got a great squad. I think they'll get through the Six Nations without too many troubles because they've not got that many players picked for it. And if you look how well they've played already this season, they've only lost two matches. Um, you know, I, I can't see them being outside of the top two again, and I'm going to find them quite difficult to beat at Sandy Park. So it really is a question of who plays them there. Um, you know, it'd be, be a hard person to predict Saracens, wouldn't it, on, on a seven-match losing streak, and then, you know, they're just going to get all their best players fit again, and then they're going to go off and play for England. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I mean, I, I think it might be a situation where, I'm not saying Saracens won't make the top four, but I think them, you know, they might struggle to make the top two. Yeah, uh, I think the final's going to be Bath Saracens this year. Yeah. yeah, I think Bath looked pretty good in the last few weeks, and I, I can see them making it. And I think the top four will be Bath Saracens, Exeter, and Leicester, mm. uh, or Wasps between those two for the top four. I think Gloucester will eventually slide back down, but they've had a, you know, a really turnaround year for them. Um, yeah. And then Champions Cup. Wow, it's hard to hard to pick a winner from there, isn't it? Well, based on what I saw, it's, it might be one of the two Irish provinces. Um, you know, Munster unbeaten at the moment, or, or Leinster. I mean, Leinster looks so so strong, um, and if they keep Sexton fit um, and he passes his HIA, um, you know, I, I think they look really really good. Can Can Clermont Auvergne come forward? Well, they've had a couple of big injuries this this week on the back of that win over Saracens. Um, La Rochelle. La Rochelle, I mean, again, I, I really love, I don't think anyone played better rugby than that opening 50 minutes against Wasp, but they're a bit like Exeter. You know, it's their first time in the competition. 
Um, you know, if you look at what they did last week against Wasps, they, they they completely changed their side. Now, anyone who knows and loves the European competition would have just gone out there with their best, strongest possible team, nailed the win at Wasps, put them out of the competition, yeah, and uh, and got themselves a, a home quarter final. So I think they're still a little bit naive, La Rochelle, when it comes to the big games. They made that they, they were they were top of the top fourteen last season, but they didn't win anything, didn't get to the final. So uh, I think um, you know I can see. Uh, the winner coming from one of the Irish teams, I really can. I think Benetton are going to win it. Um, I think they've got a really good chance this year. You've been year. on the scratch cards again, have you? Yeah, I have, yeah, all afternoon. Uh, it, uh, finally, this is a question. I didn't write this. I'm just yeah. reading this, actually, from this piece of paper that we... That we, we I mean, normally this is always off the cuff. Yeah. But today they've just written down one one little thing for me to ask you. Yeah. If you could change one thing in rugby 2018, what would it be? Don't say that I wouldn't be commentating on BT Sport. That is precluded from any answers. Oh, no, I, I, I don't know what I do without you, Austin, really, quite frankly. Well, I do, actually. But, Make um, your own tea? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, well, I'd have to drive my own car, wouldn't I? <laughs> You'd need your licence back. <laughs> um, what would I do? Um, I would limit the number of times we use the TMO in a game. That's what I'd do. It's yeah. just driving me mad. I think, do you know what I'd do? The easy way to do it right. is to say it's limitless, but it's all on referral from the other side. Yeah. So you can challenge. So if Wasp score and I'm playing for Leicester, I can challenge. Mm. I get one and a half maximum. Mm. Or I can challenge something on the field, like foul play. Uh, if that's proven to be correct, you carry on and you keep your challenges. Do you know what I'd like to see as well? When they, when the referee... Cheerleaders. I'd, I'd like the referee... No. no, no, grid girls. No, 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 we can't have grid <laughs> they're, girls. They're banned, apparently, next year. Not coming back. <laughs> I would like to see a referee make the initial decision based on what he thinks and then send it upstairs to the TMO. And if the TMO can't otherwise prove that that decision is the wrong decision, you go back to the referee's decision. We see it in cricket um, successfully. We see it in rugby league very successfully. At the moment... the Strong referees are telling the TMO what to do. Strong TMOs are telling the referee what to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'd just like to see the referee say, I think that was a try. Can you you know, can you know, tell me otherwise? And if he can't, then it goes back to the on-field decision. And I'd also like to legalise fighting. <laughs> I think it's been taken out of the game too much. You should be able to give someone a shoe-in. And uh, as long as it's not me, and I'm all for that. Okay, lol, let's look forward to uh, our Christmas festivities and uh, our opening game Worcester versus London Irish but first of all uh, earlier on in the week Ali Eakin went to speak to Josh Adams up in Worcester to find out how they're preparing for this Irish game You may well be looking upwards as opposed to over your shoulder but Friday night I think for everybody the neutral, they're looking at that and thinking, OK, well, this is win or bust for Irish, certainly. And if Worcester go down against the Exiles, then they're back in bother. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's sort of similar to the Bristol game last year where, where we had them at home, but that was later on in the season. But, yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's the bottom two clubs. Um, and it's, it's, it's sort of a, a cup feel, you know, like... Um, like a knockout game for, for either team, if you like. So it's going to be a big one at Sixers on Friday night. And I know the players are really, really looking forward to the challenge, like like we were last year against Bristol. And when the place is sold out, it's one of the best places to play. So I think we're, we're really looking forward to that one. Has there been an extra little bit of bite 
in training as a result. Have you been planning a little bit further in advance for this one as opposed to perhaps an ordinary Premiership game, if we can call any game in the Premiership ordinary? Um, well, last week, obviously, there was the um, European games um, against Oyana. We had the double header, so the lads who were selected for the Oyana away leg stayed at home and sort of had a look at Irish um, a few days earlier. So, yeah, if you like, we've had maybe one or two more extra days looking at Irish just because, like you said, of the calibre of the game. But the lads who have um, played out in Oyna have come into training this week and, and really up the, up the standards, so that's good. I know you have to take it day by day, game by game, but matches of this significance, they do heap added pressure on, on everybody at the club, don't they? Because potentially there are livelihoods at risk. Yeah, definitely, you know, and Worcester is a massive club and um, it's, it's not a club that belongs in the championship. And, you know, with, like you said, with this game against Irish, it's, it's going to be um, a massive one, firstly, but then you know to get that that win would would take us ten points um, ahead of Irish, which will give us a little bit of a breathing space, and we can sort of um, not 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 look behind us and sort of look 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 ahead. Um, when we think about what what uh, Worcester might do subsequent to this season, regardless of what happens on Friday, uh, we, we think of the turbulence at the top. Josh, I know that the political side of things is not your domain as a player but it must be quite unsettling not knowing a who's going to own the club next season and b who's going to be the director of rugby next season yeah well obviously when it was announced that Gary was off to, to USA and you know that's a fantastic opportunity for him to sort of um, coach in a, in the World Cup in 2019 which is something you can't really turn down so he's done an absolutely terrific job with us um, the past well season and a half now coming up to two seasons and yeah you know I think for the players who are, who are up, up um, for contract you know it's it's tough for them to to make a decision where you don't know sort of what the what the plans for the club are so it, it it's 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 better for them guys if they could know really who um, who, who the next DOR is and who is who ultimately is going to take over the club. I, I know the players obviously have to concentrate on the playing but do you, do you feel that sense of um, unsettlement in and amongst your fellow players, perhaps guys who are thinking about what happens next, contract renewals and the rest of it? Um, to an extent, yes, but like, you know, it's, it's, for us as players, it's just focus on the rugby. Um, whatever happens outside sort of that, that playing room goes on and that's for them to, that's for the board and that's for whoever else to, to manage. But for us, it's really just focusing on the job and Especially this week, it's 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 something we can't really think about because of 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 the nature of the game. So we've really just kept our heads down and and just kept working hard. So what we're saying really in footballing terms is this is a relegation six-pointer, isn't it? Worcester v London Irish Friday. BT Sport 1 and 4K UHD at 7pm. Um, it's a must-win game for Irish, isn't it? It is, but you've also got to tell people it's the 22nd of December because I don't know if you're like me, I have got no idea what day of the week it is by the time you get round to Christmas. Like two days before, it could be a Tuesday, could be a Wednesday, but you're still playing games. You get really confused at that time. Add to the mix eggnog 
and then you're in all sorts of bother, not knowing whether you're going to a game, whether you're at home, whether you're entertaining, sausages wrapped in bacon. You're in all sorts of bother, and I think that could really distract both of these sides on uh, on Friday night. Um, yeah, it is. A, it's a big, big turnaround. Not the not the be all and end all of the season. Yeah, Worcester are obviously favourites. Irish can't buy a point at the minute, so they have to go into this as favourites. Worcester, yeah, just brilliant to, I mean, wins just... over Saints, Tigers, carrying on that run. Lost to Sale, which arguably they should have won that game as well. Sale fought their way through to a victory um, with 14 men. And uh, yeah, Worcester will win this and I think they'll win it easily. Yeah, I think if, if you look at the league table, the Aviva Premiership table, six points, Worcester are clear of London Irish. If they were to win this, they would go ten, nine or ten points clear. And that, for me, given that London Irish have won one game out of ten this this campaign so far would spell that'd be the halfway point so just mathematically we're at the halfway point even if they do the same again and slightly better they've mm. got to get more points and must to get nothing to stay up we don't want to paint too bad a picture for london irish their players supporters um, but it's uh, it's a bit bleak well uh, the thing is that when 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 things like that start happening players then at london irish start to look elsewhere alex lewington i see was already rumored to be signing for uh, saracens uh, he was a player that uh, I thought was would have gone uh, maybe last season or the season before, yeah. but certainly very talented. And uh, you could understand why people like Saracens were looking at that. So not just in terms of premiership points, but London Irish have to win to keep the players interested in actually being at the club next season. Yeah, another side that are a little bit down in the doldrums at the minute, which is not a nice place to be at Christmas. We want everyone to be happy at Christmas, but the Saints versus Exeter. Saturday, the 23rd of December, BT Sport 1 and 4K UHD at 2.30pm. Exeter, yeah, not played great in Europe, but they won't be worried about going to Franklin's Gardens right now. But for the Saints, sometimes when you lose your coach, you come back into uh, Premiership, you you see a rebound. Yeah, you do. I mean, you know, dear Santa, please can we have a... Director of rugby for Christmas, because that's what they need at the moment, don't they? And uh, and they need a bit of a lift. Exeter, I, I think, uh, even though they lost that game, that was an international t- intense, you know, intensity game, international quality. They were playing effectively, f- you know, 15 out of the the match day 23 from Leinster will you know play for Ireland. So, you know, for them to be going toe to toe with Leinster, I don't think will will stand. You know, will cause them too many uh, problems, even though they lost that game. Um, so, you know, as you say, Austin. When you when you are rudderless, coachless, it's up to the players now to actually put in a performance because whoever is going to be coming in, whether it's Mike Ford or someone else, will be watching this game yeah. and they'd be wondering which players are going to be, you know, part of the Northampton setup going forward. So, I'd like to think whoever is coming in will be at this game. Yeah, at the at the weekend, I think you know, well maybe not Mike Ford because he will have had to fly over from America. <laughs> and uh, that might be difficult, but who, who knows? I mean, there's some other names being thrown around into the mix there, so we'll wait and see. Uh, also, at the weekend, we got uh, Sale Sharks versus Bath. Quick prediction on that one? Yeah, I mean, I. It's interesting. Bath looking to uh, you know to to get themselves back to winning ways in the Premiership. They've obviously been going okay in Europe, uh, but they got absolutely thumped in the game that you and I did down at Sandy Park three weeks ago. So uh, was that only three weeks ago? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it's um, it's a tough one to call. Every time on my BT Sport rugby predictor that I bet against Sale, they they, they pop up with a little win. Um, 
I mean, it's hard. Since Steve Diamond's been sent to the stands, they've, they've, they've not stopped winning, have they, really? And is he back this week or is he still in the stands? Well, we'll if, find out in the result, won't we? If he's, back, the match. if he's back, then I'd say they might go down to Bath. But uh, if he's still in the stands, then uh, I think I'll go with a... I'll, I'll use the Steve Diamond predictor. Do you genuinely think that Steve Diamond is not turning up to those games? He's got a full-on Christmas comedy sunglasses, moustache on and a sombrero. And he probably paints himself up looking like some Mexican guy and he's all he's in there oh look there's a mexican guy walking out the sale changing room all right steve hey he's I, definitely in there. well i think i'm gonna Stefano, go i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the uh, with the diamond predictor so if he's there then i think sale will lose if he stays at home and he's preparing christmas dinner i think they win tough one that because bath have had two really tough games yeah against Toulon, haven't they? Well, if you're Sale, that's what you do, isn't it? You'd say, listen, guys, we've, we've been going, you know, we've been uh, just chilling out, really, haven't we? We've yeah. been doing very little. Let's attack them really hard. I don't hard. even know where Sale have been. Where have they been? <laughs> They're in sort of like Bosnia or somewhere. Or... <laughs> where? Yeah. Cardiff. Yeah. Same thing. They've been in Cardiff. Similar. Um, similar sort of environment. Uh, so maybe, maybe not. Are we saying home win, then? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going for sale on that one. Okay. Although, oh no, I'm not actually. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. Don't want to make it. Don't make decisions. I'm, I don't want to. Wasps versus Gloucester. Gloucester are second in the league. Uh, terrible points difference. <laughs> yeah. Minus two. Quickly, who's your money on? Well, Wasps have been hit by uh, three quick injuries, haven't they? Jimmy Gopeth, and they just look a much better side when he's around. Although they've managed to beat La Rochelle uh, last weekend, and he went off in the opening five minutes. Elliot Daly's got to go and see a specialist, and. Um, Nathan Hughes looks like he's out for about four or five weeks with a with a medial knee Time, injury. Timely, nice one. Yeah, so uh, not good news for for uh, for Wasp fans. They're expecting over twenty thousand of them there at uh, the weekend. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I'd still back the home side in that, but I would because I played for them for twenty years. I sit on the board, and uh, basically, if you cut me in half, I'm Wasp. So very hard for me. So to if you, say. I mean, what you're saying is, if you pick Gloucester, they they'd stop the board fee. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? No, not at all. No, no, uh, well, no, I, that's what it sounded like a, to me and to the listeners. No, I couldn't. I couldn't let, possibly let them stop the board fee. Um, but I, I'm still, I'm still less than convinced about Gloucester on the road. Is what I'm saying. Ooh, they've been okay. They've been recently. okay, but I, I mean, I do think they're much improved. I do think, you know, they've had a bit of a, they've had a few headlines down there this this week, haven't they? With, uh, you know, the, yeah, they, you don't know what's true about that. Yeah. I think they probably on on the air of legality, uh, if that is actually a word. Legality. Yeah, it is. I've just made it up. It is if you've had a large brandy. Legality. Yeah, legality. <laughs> uh, I think we're probably best staying away from that. But it does, it does. Uh, well, I don't know, so I'm not even going to say anything. Okay. It, it looks like a. Stitch okay, so I'm I'm thinking uh, a tight game. Wasp will still be good enough to win. Okay, so Kelsipri. I'll, I'll open the other right. Uh, obviously, the, the big game of the weekend is Leicester versus Saracens, and that's Sunday, Christmas Eve, which is the 24th of December, in case you didn't know. Uh, BT Sport 1 and 4K UHD at 2.30pm. But before we get on to our predictions, right, let's just have a little listen back to what our very own Ellis Genge had to say on Rugby Tonight this week. Uh, when are you back? How long, how long are you going to be out uh, for? They reckon about four, but uh, probably three and a half. Three, three and a half weeks? Yeah, a month, probably, like a hero. Okay, so like a hero. <laughs> but you get Christmas off? Um, yeah, yeah, thank God. So. There was someone sitting quite close to you who liked a little Christmas injury. Yeah. Didn't you, little <laughs> Well, yeah, it's perfect. All you do is, I've said it before, mid-December, you just get a three-week ban, and then you get 
Christmas, New Year off. All you have to do is punch someone you don't like. I mean, not, not, obviously a lot of people did it to me. Um, <laughs> but just hit someone you don't like and then you get three weeks off and then I get to go and dress up like this and be in panto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you don't. I do. <laughs> That's all behind you. Um, let's talk about yourself, though. Let's talk about the injury. Uh, interesting shot here. I mean, things are tight in the NHS, I know, but do you have, <laughs> do you have to share beds? That's Will Collier there beside you. What's going on uh, there? Leicester cut the budget lot, so we had to share a, share a bed for the night. Uh, <laughs> No, I, uh, I came out of my op and Will was in the same, literally four doors down from me and uh, he told me we had delivery to the bed, so I was buzzing, obviously. <laughs> we have delivery so I was starving, come out of the operation sort of thing. But no, it was good fun. <laughs> now, I know on the pitch you're kind, of, you're kind of big and scary, but I'd imagine you're quite a cuddly kind of fella. And uh, I mean, we'll be hugging later, sure. But Undoubtedly. Are you a Christmassy guy? Is that, is that uh, your thing? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like Christmas dinner, uh, which is weird. I'd rather have like a spag bowl or something like that. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Christmas dinner and I don't really like Christmas pudding either, but everything else is decent. I like getting the family together, that sort of thing. I'm all about that, yeah, I enjoy that. Do you like stuff. sausages wrapped in bacon? I love pigs and blanket, but it's different. Yeah, yeah. that's it's breakfast. I have them yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have them just be a sausage and bacon. Like. Yeah, you've got some kind of problems with that. Let's, <laughs> let's get some more questions to you, and we have got loads of questions today. Essays 93, best tip for a back row converting to prop. What would you say, Ellis? Don't. Eat. Don't do it, mate. Don't do it. <laughs> that is the best thing you can possibly get. Why would you do that? <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. We can rattle through the Mrs. Elizabeth 99X. Uh, what has been your favourite moments as a rugby player so far? Get well soon, Tiger's family. Oh. Um, probably my England debut uh, against Wales in the Old Mutual Although the Prem final was on and there weren't many people there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a throwaway cap, as they say. Uh, it was a promo for me and my family, so... No caps to throw away, okay. <laughs> what is your pre-match schedule and what do you do to get pumped? Um, I mean, probably can't answer all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, pumped, up, pumped up, pumped up, pumped up. I don't up. really have one, to be honest. I always have a whisper uh, day before game. Oh, it's I like a, a that's a Yeah, hell of a chocolate yeah. bar. Yeah. Very underrated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always have a whisper day before game. That's my ritual, if you want. But before, I don't, don't do a lot. So I have a lot of caffeine, so... Okay. Other oh, chocolate bars are available if you want to get pumped. <laughs> oh, I eat whispers, they're lovely. Uh, JJ Butcher, 73. Who was your rugby hero growing up? And uh, who do you admire now? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I didn't really watch rugby growing up uh, when I was younger, so I was more... I loved Paul Scholes from Man United. Uh, I was more football, but I loved John Loma, obviously. He was probably the, the world-beater at the time, so that was my, my hero then. Uh, my hero now... <laughs> is it Eddie Jones? It says here, Gregor, uh, Gregor Galway. What is it like working with Eddie Jones? Is he your hero now? Yeah, he's my hero, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> best him. coach in the world. Yeah, ever. Ever. Uh, Congratulations <laughs> on the next bunch of caps. Come <laughs> your way. Well done. Uh, next one, uh, James RFC15. It's an original one. Uh, were you good at any other sports? Nah. Okay. It's very obvious for a prop that. I'd imagine nah. football was all right because you, you got a yeah, touch. I was, uh, I was a goalkeeper, but um, boxing. <laughs> I did a bit of boxing when I was younger, yeah. Um, but nothing. I, I'm dyspraxic actually, so thanks for bringing it up. Um, I was I was behind our coordination was all over the shop when I was younger, and I had to work really hard to. That's, that's actually very, very, you're, very you're dyspraxic because that I mean that means basically it's quite hard to coordinate your hands and legs together doing various things and a lot of dyspraxic kids really struggle playing sports. So mm. how did you how did you overcome that? That's quite a massive yeah, thing. I spent my early teens in the beyond the goal net sort of thing, getting a ball kicked in my face and 
learnt a lesson really quick that I wasn't very well coordinated, so I got tested for it after a few nosebleeds, and uh, they, they said I was dyspraxic, so I did a lot of hand-eye coordination I never stuff. knew that that was a disease. I just thought all forwards had it. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely never knew it was. Let's, let's move on. I think on. a lot of kids will be watching before, this, and yeah, they'll be really, yeah, they'll they really pumped by that, actually. That's uh, great. At, uh, jo no, let's take a Facebook. Joshua Giles, how do you think the job of a prop is going to change over the next few years? Obviously, it's going to become more highly paid. <laughs> Uh, hopefully. Um, it changed when... That was the reason I moved to prop, obviously, because the, the rules changed and I didn't have to fly into a scrum every... and sort of work myself too much. So uh, that was why back rows were more suitable to change to the front row. Uh, I've got no idea, mate. I don't write the rules, but uh, I'm sure it's going to change and the game adapts every year, so... OK, let's go to the grumpy fetus. That's nice. Um, <laughs> who's the toughest opponent you've scrummaged against? Um, I haven't had too many in terms of, like, I've got quite a short-lived You must go against Coley, do you? Do you go against yeah, Coley in uh, live sessions at Tigers? But, um, yeah, no, we're usually, obviously, on the same team. Uh, How about, like, the other young Tyros, the McIntyres, or, you know, uh, Kyle Sinclair, one of these guys? Sinks. I'm not going to say Sinks. Uh, to be fair, the, when... Uh, when was the tight edge you, play, you played against, when you played against Wales, who were you playing against then? Uh, I can't remember, because yeah. obviously Exeter, so Tom <laughs> Francis was away. Yeah. I'll tell you what, when I first came to Tigers, when I was quite young to scrummage and stuff, Fraser Barmain used to give me a pacing every week, but he's down at Gloucester now, so it doesn't happen too often. <laughs> so, Austin, Leicester v Saracens then. Um, another game that we're covering that features two teams who both lost big European games. Um, Tom Youngs has already claimed that Leicester's England players are a little bit tired after the November internationals. Um, but uh, what's going on at Leicester? You, I mean, you couldn't have been that Well, impressed. house prices are, are climbing. Are they? Uh, yeah, I think slightly. Yeah, I okay. think there's been a new investment, some new industry come to the town. Uh, I've got Christmas Eve off, so I really couldn't give a monkey's what happens in this game. I'll be... <laughs> At home, uh, well, well, a couple of bottles of red, then to church. Putting posh clothes on. Do you go posh clothes Christmas Eve, or yeah. do you go? Christmas Eve's a big celebration for us, but normally yeah. uh, I quite like a few down the pub. So uh, yeah, no, you... we'll go to the pub as well. Yeah. So if you are like us, you know, make sure you get your fix of rugby first. Oh no, no, I'll, I'll watch it on the telly. I'll watch yeah. it on the telly. Wrap yeah. a few presents. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, wrap my own presents. Dear Austin, lots of love, <laughs> Austin. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll be wrapping my presents. Then I'll watch the game. Uh, yeah, I think Tigers are just a bit off, haven't they? They've had key injuries to key individuals. They're, they're losing the gain line again. Well, they, mm. We went through a period where they were winning the gain line, but yeah. they're, I, they're I, getting I, dominated physically. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, particularly by Leicester fans, but I just feel up front against the big sides like... Yeah. Munster, like Saracens, like they're, Bath. they're a bit underpowered. I yeah. don't. I think their type five is not. Calamaphony is not necessarily well, he, the answer. He played really well for three or four weeks and then he dropped off well, again. Not, yeah, he can't but, sustain it. Yeah, but he's not a Thomas Waldron. He's not a. You know, Matt Papalangi is pretty good. I like Mike Williams, but they keep putting him on the bench. He carries really well. I agree with you. Maybe they've got to. They will now. Manu's back. Be able to take yeah. that focus away yeah. from that back row a little yeah. bit. Um, so. I, just, I just think they lack ball carriers up front, and I think that you know when that come, when it comes down to yes, you're right with Tuilangi, they'll have a little bit more oomph in the midfield. But uh, it's been proven so far. There's there's a there's a bit of work for Matt O'Connor to do in terms of uh, bringing in players who 
can add that power game to what is clearly a very, very talented back line. And I think as a result of the fact that they've been underpowered up front, Ben Youngs and George Ford, have, we've not seen the best of those, that pairing together because well, they should be ripping it up. Really. Yeah, they, sh they should be, but they don't play well going backwards. No. And Leicester are underpowered because financially they're underpowered compared oh. to some of the other clubs. So, And that we're only talking about fine margins here. Yeah. Really big ball carriers go to the top clubs. They go to the La Rochelle. They go to the Clermonts. You know, I'd love to see Yato over at Leicester from Clermont. An amazing ball carrier. Fritz Lee. But you're never going to get them because you're going to have to double the wage that your highest paid player is already on. So as it's not going to happen. So if we're saying they're a bit underpowered, um, they're both coming off the back of a defeat. Um, Leicester under probably a little bit, well, as much pressure as Saracens. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, Leicester... Eight on the trot for Saris if they lose, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they claim they turned a corner, but they still I lost think, the I game. think they have. They, they looked a different side. Yeah, they, they looked like they had that old Saracens energy back on the field. Mm. But they're away at Welford Road. They've got a good track record there, mm. albeit. But Leicester, I think, need to win that game almost more than Saris do. And they're on a seven-game losing streak. Well, so. you're right. Saracens third in the league um, on 31 points. Leicester sixth in the league on 28. So not a huge amount of difference points-wise. but. Three. Uh, yeah, indeed. Well done, Austin. Thank you, Rodney. Um, so, are you going to predict uh, you're not on the Leicester board? But... I'm going to predict. No, I'm not on the Leicester board. Uh, ben Kay is uh, conflicted. Uh, I'm going to predict a Leicester win for that game. And I'm going to predict a fine Cliente in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I think Saracens might do, do might do a job on them. Yeah, I do. It's going to be close, that it's game. It's going to be close. Yeah, it's going to be tight. I, I think they've got to... They've got to get back to winning ways. I hate, well, I hate to spoil your Christmas, but that's the end of the podcast. Though. Oh, you're joking. You've got the weekend off, haven't you? Oh, hey? I have, yeah, of course yeah. I have. Okay, someone's got a better contract than someone else. Uh, thanks for listening to Rugby Podcast this week, everyone. Have a fantastic Christmas, a great Christmas Eve, a great Christmas Day. Enjoy your rugby, and we'll be back with you in the new year with episodes out every week as usual. And remember to subscribe to the pod so it's delivered straight to your device every Thursday. It's like a Christmas present. What more could you want? And don't forget to give us a five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes. Have a great Christmas. See you in the new year. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.